0: hey what's up guys we have tom lemke here he has a new metal podcast what's going on tom how you doing hey how you guys doing
1: jordan
2: micah how you guys doing
1: doing good tom nice to meet you man
2: so can you tell us a little bit about yourself oh boy i don't know uh where to start there um yeah uh obviously i'm here because i'm kind of like a Grouching out here, I've got the podcast called Breathing New Life with my co-host, Jeremy. Um, and uh, we're just a couple of guys that grew up uh, listening to new Metal and loving it. And, uh, you know, we're, we're you know, a couple of online friends and uh, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, you want to start a podcast, you know, maybe. And uh, then uh, it's like, oh, no, I'm too busy. And then five years later, you know, we start a podcast anyways. But... Um, yeah that's uh that's as far as it goes with breathing new life otherwise uh pretty you know laid back average person um i work in cnc um and uh oh that's about it right now for my life going on right now it's just pretty much a podcast and work and uh and going to school also but um (laughs) otherwise uh yeah that's it's it going on for me unless uh there's something more specific you guys like to know about me
0: did you say you're a rich person? Is that what I heard you say? Or you're not I wish.
2: Rich? No, not a rich person. I'm a laid back average person, really. Yeah. Um, you're just
0: a working class yeah. American. Like yeah, Dean working Jordan. class,
2: blue collar job. Uh, like I said, I, I go to college, um, you know, I'm trying to get a, kind of a, an associate's degree in uh, mechanical design technology, which is kind of like a, you know, a, a more basic engineering degree. But, you know, I do have a CNC programmer diploma. I got, I finished up school for that earlier this year. I started that back in uh 2020. Uh, it's kind of a little bit of an interesting story there. I was going to go back to school starting in the spring semester of 2020. And, um, you know, I decided to hold off on it until, uh, you know, I had a little bit more money, probably going to fall. And then, you know, lo and behold, the, pand- the pandemic happened. And a lot of that stuff, you know, was, was shut down anyways. You know, lockdown, no, you know, nobody was really going to classes anyways. So it's kind of like, you know, weird occurrence. But then, uh, all of a sudden, in like, I think it was like late June of 2020, I get an email about, you know, from my my college that I signed up for. It's like there's a program to have like the first like four classes of the CNC programmer diploma paid for through a scholarship. From Metallica's "All Within My Hands" foundation, so I uh end up getting to go to school, you know, for those first four months for free, thanks to Metallica, basically. And uh, I mean, the first four classes, I should say, it was about yeah, it was about uh four or five months worth of classes, I should say. But yeah, those first four classes I took were paid for there, so I'm a, I got an education thanks to Metallica there. Um, but yeah. the um, from then on, you know, I, I continued my, it was just like the first like four basic kind of like CNC certification classes. And uh, but I went on to get a CNC programmer classes, which basically means I know how to program the machine to tell it how to make the parts I wanted to make. Essentially, the very basic way of putting it for anybody who doesn't know anything about CNC or whatever, you know, it's those machines where they take like parts that are usually like metal. And then they have a bunch of tools, cut it down to form it into whatever shape they need. You know, if you look up, you know, CNC videos on YouTube and whatever, you'll, you know, you'll see it. And probably you've seen something like that on like one of those old how it's made type shows or anything like that. Yeah. But that's, that's a career field I'm in. Um, I'm n- not really at the point where I want to be career wise right now, but it's, I'm a lot better off than I was two years ago. So, you know, outside of the economy kind of still makes it kind of tough for someone like me. but i i reached my goal of getting my cc programmer diploma which is why i wanted to you know back in 2020 and then i am continuing my education as well so yeah
0: let's get into the the new metal talk sorry are you i did i sorry i just changed my um the tripod is it do you think it's better jordan but it's more like eye level yeah it looks looks
2: perfect right
0: it's a little tilted
2: but Um, whatever not that big of a deal
0: yeah okay um so yeah, as far as the new metal goes, are you in a band or anything? Or how'd you get a new no, metal? No,
2: no. I I never really got to dabble into music as much as I would have liked to. I was always trying when I was younger. It never seemed to be something where I ended up with this, the, the kind of people that I wanted to make music with, I guess. Uh, especially it was tougher when I was younger. I'm a pretty um, low-key, like person and i'm really wasn't like you know i don't know how to put this i really wasn't into any like particular crowd i guess i was in a kind of an outcast crowd yeah. and it also was kind of tough because also somebody who didn't really i didn't do drugs or drink or anything like that i was pretty you know laid back and and, and everything like that I, I wasn't into that kind of stuff so it seemed like it was kind of like a, a different kind of social scene as far as those things go it makes it a little bit difficult to kind of fit in with that when you're not into that yourself um so never really bonded with anybody in music musically like that uh i've been working on stuff my myself on and off over the decades uh just doing that kind of stuff but i've always loved you know i've always loved music i've you know it's it's been it's obviously a huge part of my life to the, to this day and I still keep trying to dabble in, in it, like solo-wise. I'd like to try and do some more electronic music type stuff. Done A couple of things here and there in the past, but nothing I really feel like sharing now anymore. It was just me dabbling in it and just kind of uh, taking loops and, and, and whatever, and just kind of composing a lot more like electronic type music uh, back, in, back then and, and stuff. So, you know, that's kind of how music is for me as far <laughs> as uh, musician-wise. But as a fan, I've had a lot more connection to it. Otherwise, I've uh, used to work at a bar that my brother owned, that was also a small like club venue type of deal. You know, a couple hundred people capacity type of deal. Oh, excuse me. And uh, I got to know quite a few you know bands going through there. One, uh, a friend of mine, Justin, he was in a Milwaukee local band called Line Still. Uh, he's actually a guy that I used to work with when I was like a teenager. We used to work at a pizza hut together. And then years later, we ended up, you know, reconnecting through his band playing a show at that at that bar that my brother once owned. And uh, I got to know some other bands that came along through there, even when after my brother sold it. Well, he didn't really sell per se because he didn't really own the building, but building got sold and everything like that to a new owner and a new um I was gonna say and it change hands and whatnot. And even with that new owner, I got to still kind of be somewhat involved there and get to know some musicians and bands that came through there. I had some somewhat high profile bands going through it through there. Uh like Soulfly uh, got to play there once. Um uh, the band uh I think uh, it was uh freaking uh Anvil went through that came through there once. Um, El Nino played there uh, that's a pretty big uh, band a ba- band that I'm really big into as a new metal fan uh, and god I'm trying to think uh, there's a band called a Canadian new metal band called Slaves on Dope that I grew up listening to that end up playing there is really awesome to, to meet them through that um, the uh, industrial artist uh, industrial rock uh, artist uh, Comber Christ he came through uh, he's uh, kind of a big deal I, they, and it was kind of cool because I got to see him originally when he opened up for Cold Chamber so at the rave and then they end up doing a smaller tour and they came through that that club so it's yeah I, I had a lot of different connections through, m- through music even as a, especially as a non-musician and getting to know a lot of the local music scene especially I was very lucky to have gotten to make some of the friends I did when my brother owned that bar and whatnot. Yeah. So
0: let's get like into the into the music. So what what music, what new metal bands are you into now?
2: Uh like I still listen to a lot of the stuff that I uh grew up on. Um like I still listen to like Deftones around the fur a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. but like I those yeah. things were yeah those that's a great album. Yeah I know. Um those are bands that, like, are those are a lot of older bands I kind of overplayed for myself. Like, I listened to Corn, Limp Biscuit, the first Limp Biscuit album, uh, Cold Chamber, Deftones. Those were like m- my four big ones when I was a teenager. And didn't really like listen to them as much like after high school. I, like, I listened to them here and there, but like, I kind of started getting more into the, the up and coming metalcore bands that, were, you know, Kill Switch Engage and Shadows Fall. Um, all that remains bands like that so kind of left new metal for a while in a way i mean new metal died anyways i guess anyway like pretty much after 2001 new metal wasn't anywhere near as strong as it was and you know it kind of changed hands from new metal to metalcore taking over basically right but then i don't know i would say a little over 10 years ago i just like came across some of the the bands i used to listen to like El Nino and I think actually one of the bands that kind of kick-started was I came across uh, the band Flaw again and went on like I don't know what it was like Pandora or Slacker or something like that I made a radio Flaw and just started listening to all these old bands I used to love uh, Flaw, El Nino, Spine Shank, Endo yeah. so many yeah sure. so many different great uh, older bands that I um, used to look, that I used to listen to and some that I haven't really listened to hardly at all when they were around more and were more active in the new metal era. So it's kind of like I got to rediscover new metal from from that era again also, and so it just kind of re sparked this this love I have for it because I just loved kind of the the grooves and bounciness of a lot of the music that I listened to there and it wasn't trying to be too hard or anything like that. It was it was just kind of just enjoyable and just fun to listen to that kind of music again and about 10 years ago is a little yeah a little over 10 years ago is when i first heard of this band called new era and i'm like oh shit i love this this band and was like that yeah, this this is awesome and i'm listening to it and all this stuff they i followed them they were gonna try and get they put up like an indie goko to do a second album but that fell through so i guess the band just kind of Went their the, the band members went their separate ways after that and i'm on facebook i'm in one of the new metal groups and somebody posts the video from one of new era's uh, music um, from one of their you know songs and whatnot and a guy the comments I was like oh yeah i was i used to be a singer in this band you know and i friended him well that, that singer is jeremy jeremy is the senior of a band that I, I you know really got into who made you know new metal music in a era where music new metal wasn't popular whatsoever. And so Jeremy and I through Facebook, we just, you know, kind of hit it off and everything like that. And that led me to like about five or six years ago. I was like, hey, dude, do you want to do a podcast? You know, kind of discussing like new metal. Like it's starting to do a resurgence about five years ago. You know, I wanted to kind of get in on the ground floor and start a podcast about that. But unfortunately at the time he was too busy and He ended up, like, starting another band, I guess, called Stark, but, and so I guess that kind of got in the way of his, like, like, how many extracurricular activities he could have, but then, like, you know, earlier this year, he's like, hey, you remember when you messaged me about doing podcasts, would you like to do that now? I'm like, yeah, sure, dude, I'd love to do a podcast with you. I think you and I would get along great for that, and honestly, it's been a good experience since, since then, you know, Jeremy and I we get along, we get to discuss things, and, you know, from, you know, talk about my background in music, well, that led to those things that led to me and Jeremy starting a podcast, you know, a guy that I just happened to be a fan of his band's music when they were together, and got to know him through, you know, online, through Facebook, and now we get together, you know, every once in a while and do an, and record an episode discussing new, new metal, and we try to feature new metal bands that aren't are kind of new or kind of, you know, more underground, lesser known so that, you know, kind of show that people that new middle is not a dead genre. There's a, a good resurgence. There are definitely bands that have tried to still keep it alive and that there's bands that we want to expose to more people. However we can, just because we are fans of the genre. We believe in it. We want it to stay alive and we want to showcase bands that are doing such, doing such things.
0: Yeah. So, jordan, do you have any questions?
1: yeah I just i mean some of my funnest memories some of them for some of the really good ones were going like there was they had family values tour I remember when I was a kid and uh-huh. uh and it went all over I don't know if you remember that, but it went all the way around the country the country and yeah like corn, you talking about
2: the very first one with uh Ramstein on it
1: I, no I didn't go to that one oh. I went to the one. it was corn Lump Oh, I, I wish i was i think this – Durb might have been there there
0: that. was
2: one that was like it was like corn limp biscuit i think lincoln park no rage against the machine
1: i think was there too no, no no no. that was battle for whatever battle for yeah uh, that was
2: i think that was a different one
1: but no that was such a great show it was such a fun fun time going on that concert
2: yeah i do have fond memories i got to see the very first family values tour it was um the corn romstein uh Limp Biscuit, Ice Cube, and I think Orgy was the opening band for that one. And uh, the thing is that the Rammstein, uh, uh set for those shows were notorious because there was a, a an act during during Rammstein's set where they're pretty much um, mimicking like man on man sex, and then. Um, Lindeman, the the scenery, he's got a prosthetic penis that just starts shooting white, you know, liquid all over the place, and they supposedly had to like, basically, wear an illegal bail to fight to even be able be allowed back in America to tour again or play again if they ever wanted to. They 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 were going to be banned from America over that, you know. That's,
1: I mean, it's just if you want to call it art, whatever, but. It's 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 kind of like you know you pay for the for the ticket the experience you know of the other performance yeah, there you know you know what these guys are like so <laughs> it's, yeah, it's true. Got, you know, what was it oh my god I can't remember not it was uh, come back to me I'm trying to think of the name of this band that was like it was Slipknot Slipknot remember okay. everyone was so freaked out oh, by yeah. not like
0: and like fun. Marilyn Marilyn Manson Marilyn Manson <laughs> yeah
2: uh, I, have I have an f- interesting. I'm sorry, I was gonna say I have an interesting little experience with watching Slipknot one of the very first times. They were playing in Milwaukee, they were at the Rave um in Milwaukee. It's the it's the one of the major venues in, in Milwaukee. It's got like three different, three or four different um stages, and they were in like the the medium-sized stage of the venue. And I mean it's which is not a very big stage for like nine guys and all their get up and all that crap, you know. But there was a part of the show where Clown, he's the guy that bangs on like beer kegs and stuff like that during the show. He takes one of the beer kegs and he like flips it on the side to the front of him and he's got like the little hole in it or whatever. And so he's, he's, he's mimicking that he's, 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 he's pre- like pretending that he's pulling out his dick and then like jerking off into the keg. Or whatever. And then he takes a keg and just throws it off the side of the stage. So that was like, yeah, that was like one of the craziest kind of like stories to share. One of my experiences i kind of pretty, pretty vivid memory from watching a <laughs> show, a very early subcast show. So, like, they obvious, don't, they're, yeah, their second album was.
1: It obviously made an impact. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I have a friend who saw Bromstein somewhat recently, I think a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. So I guess they are back able to come oh, back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah,
2: I got to see them in Chicago. Uh, it was yeah. a, a great show, a huge show. Um, yeah. nothing really uh lewd there, uh, this time, but yeah, it was. It, it's Romstein's not like just like a band, they're like an experience, they're a performance experience. That's yeah. one of the great things about Rompstein there. To, I mean, it's just pyrotechnics everywhere, light show, acting, get ups, but you know, at the same time, you're hearing their fucking awesome music so yeah yeah romstein's an experience of, I, I, i i i've this is like the the second or third time i got to see romstein in my life but you know if you get a chance to see romstein somehow go out and do it it's, it's an experience if you if you like the music at all you got to try and see them it's, it's an experience
0: yeah me and i i would say i don't think me and jordan or at least at least me aren't like super into new metal there are some new metal bands that i like like they're not new metal but there's a new band called um i'm like forgetting their name <laughs> okay. oh shit oh, and i can't Sorry even look dog. at my phone dog. because oh, i guess i can i can use google on my on my computer but um this new
1: band called crazy town <laughs>
0: <laughs> well speak, speaking, to...
2: speaking
0: of yeah. uh, turn turnstile i can uh,
2: never turnstile, remember yeah, to you like turnstile they're all right. They're not my they're not completely my thing. Um, yeah. I don't think they're bad. I I they're really quite um what was I gonna say they're really quite getting uh to be a more well-known band now. I can definitely say that.
0: Yeah, so, I'm more they, into that stuff. And like so me and Jordan both were in bands. One of the guys I was in a band with is not a metal band now called Bleed the Sky. Have you heard of Bleed the Sky by any chance? Oh yeah.
2: Oh wow. Yeah. He he's gonna um, he's gonna he's gonna be happy about that. Um, <laughs> this guy, uh they're doing. They used to be in a band called like, um, was somebody in a band called Blood Simple? Um, I, I, is, that the, is that who I'm thinking of? Um, I know that not. the drummer I, I, is I don't in... believe this guy, but I swear, I swear there were members of that band that were in a new metal band that I I, I know of. I know the drummer wrong, is but...
0: in. The drummer also plays, I want to say, with like Devil Driver or something like that. Have you heard of Devil oh, Driver? Tw-
2: well, yeah, that's because the singer of Devil Driver is the singer of Cold Chamber this it's a, that's the same singer so is that that's what you were awesome. is that what you were thinking of then or or no? maybe maybe that's it i don't remember but yeah i just i thought Bleed the sky had um oh somebody in Bleed the sky was in a new metal band i used to listen to also i could be mixing it up but yeah yeah if you Bleed want you can
0: if you're able to look it up you can see that i i want to say they're coming out with a new album or something they got a new singer a little while ago then he they kicked him out <laughs> but i actually took pictures of them like during their last tour, I saw them in Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, Jordan, did you go, but you didn't go. It was in LA. I saw him at uh, the whiskey. Um, and so anyways, I was in a band with that guy and we started, like we went through a bunch of different phases. Like we were like, um, you know, we started off like punk and then ska, and then emo and then like screamo. And then they eventually just went like full on hardcore. Mm-hmm. And um, that was pretty much like when I, I left the band like they they pretty much kicked me out because they went like just straight like death metal like <laughs> I don't know if you even knew that Jordan I,
1: of course I knew that remember you, like I,
0: I you remember I, kicked me out
1: no no no, no. I, I just knew that that they went hard metal and I figured I didn't know if that was your style really but yeah know. it just
0: wasn't my style so it wasn't like really nece- I was bummed out but I it, missed that
1: it, song you guys had like Wayne wrote it with I think you probably um or i don't know who else had input to it but it was this like song that was it was kind of poppy and it was like it was like really high yeah like, yeah you know, like that was
0: more when we were like
1: pop punk i don't pop-punk. even
0: know yeah, pop punk i guess yeah. it was kind of like a that wasn't straight pop i know what you're talking about what what was your band different...
1: called again
0: well we had a bunch of different names like we had
1: what was the one i would have known
0: we we ended up being like behind the scene. Before that, it was like New Direction. I think when you came out to that recording studio, it was like New Direction, and then New Direction, not New Direction, and then um, and then it turned into like behind, direction, <laughs> behind the scene. I think. And that's then it what went I to. And super. then it went to
1: Ender. That's when I think I saw you. Well, yeah.
0: Anyways my my point is is that we were more. They like I said they eventually going like they eventually went pretty hard like, but. I was more in, and Jordan too, I think was more into like Finch, Glassjaw, like you said, Deftones. Are you into those bands? Like,
2: I know Glassjaw, Finch. I think, um, I I know a Finch because I remember like I was listening to your episode up with uh, that Scott guy, like where you guys talk about like pop punk and emo and stuff like that. You guys are mentioning some bands
0: and like that pretty much explains uh, what I'm into that whole, yeah, exactly.
2: Like, that's the thing that I kind of like sucks for me i guess in a way like i went from like new metal to like metalcore and melodic death metal got into bands like in flames and um and you know obviously like kill switch engage and stuff like that and you know but you guys are talking about some emo stuff like the only like really kind of emo band that i was like any kind of real fan of was like hawthorne heights i like the their first two albums Yeah. Uh, But I stuck mainly on the metalcore side uh, outside of like, I listened to electronic music and stuff like that. Like I did get into like things like dubstep and, and hard style and and stuff like that. Like electronic music is kind of like my, if, if, if it's not like rock based, it's, it's going to be electronic based. Like that's like the only kind of two kind of styles of music I, in a more general sense that I listen to. Yeah. So. If you
0: get a chance, check out. Believe this guy if you're able to do it now. Just I'm. I am curious to see if if it is them that you know. But um.
2: Yeah, I have to look up if they have like um.
0: It's not a big deal if you can't do it now, but I I would definitely. I know, just, I just I'm
2: just trying not to like. uh Oh, oh Wayne Miller. He yeah. is on my friends list. He, he is, is on my friends is, list. That's how I know he is for sure. He is the guy. Awesome, awesome. I yes. yeah, I follow him on Facebook. Yes.
0: So I, I, I'm definitely, I'm happy about that. I'm definitely going to tell him that. And it's like, maybe Jordan, we're, we're actually, we want to eventually get like a song in here. So we could definitely use like a bleed the sky song. I, I talked to another guy on here who was doing like ambient uh, music that we can use. He said that too. So, um, but yeah, so bleed the sky. Um, I mean, to be honest, just to be honest with you, Tom, like most of that music, you know, I I feel like we were definitely on other sides of the path. You know what I mean? Other sides of the yeah. road, like like emo. I don't emo kids. I don't think we're really getting along with like new metal kids. I mean, not <laughs> not like literally not getting along, but like you know what I mean. Like there was definitely a separation. But then yeah. there was, like I said, there was a little period where like hard. And I don't know if you're into hardcore, but like hardcore got big in like I guess like mid two thousands. That would have been like it was like bands like Bleeding Through and like. Mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about like those hard oh, yeah I know, like, I know some of those bands too yeah bleeding through and um i'm I'm trying to think of some other ones like if, maybe event sevenfold type i had some i had some friends I, who were,
2: they were in bands yeah. um you know more metallic hardcore side but i'm a i'm a huge fan of a hate breed
0: yeah i uh, actually yeah. have
2: hate breed tattooed on my back like yeah. not just a logo but like i have lyrics tattooed on my back also yeah um believe well, H- totally more- this
0: guy toured with hate breed too so yeah if only i could bring him on here to
2: talk he'd have he'd yeah he'd know more about it than me well to talk a little bit more deeply about you know what music means to me uh i had kind of a, a crappy upbringing and i was somebody who like i said you know i didn't really fit in any crowd i was you know bullied harassed dealt with a lot of crap like that people being shitty to me and everything like that growing up and if I didn't have a band like Korn in my life, I don't know where I'd be. I don't even know if I'd be, you know, sitting here talking to you guys. So like, I probably possibly could have off myself at some point if I didn't have something like that to kind of anchor me to, yeah. to life. And that's part of the reason why new metal means so much to me because music and music, you know, means so much to me. It's, it's not just like I'm such a huge fan. It, it it had such a huge impact in my life to this day. Yeah, And it is something that kind of, you know, helped me hold on you know but like you know corn did that for me back in the the mid to late 90s and then like as I got older you know and and things were still tough for me like Hatebreed had a lot of really motivational music in a very you know heavy sense and I latched on to that because like live for this those are the lyrics I have on my back live for this by Hatebreed is you know one of the songs that really helped me like hope with the tough times i was going through at that point in my life and you know i'm i've become a lot bigger on on mental health and everything like that since then and new Middle lost one of their greatest icons of of uh of the you know this generation of music kind of period i you know Chester bennington committing, committing suicide oh yeah, um, yeah
0: so
1: i was i was so I was so upset. Yeah. I didn't see them before, and I'm so upset that he he passed, but also that like I, you know, I missed it. Yeah, I, I missed it. I missed it. Right. Yeah, yeah I was you talking know,
0: with one guy, or I think it was, I think I think it was you, Jordan. I was gonna say I was talking to somebody on the pod. Was it you that like? Oh no, it was the other guy we were talking to. He literally had tickets to go to the show. That Ranger guy, right? I think he had tickets to go to the show, and then he found out that he died. Yeah, that he killed himself. And it was just like, he like, didn't even believe it, but yeah.
2: Yeah, I know it just, but like m- music's such a, I have such a deep connection there for my, you know, mentally and everything like that and kind of spiritually or whatnot. It's, it's kind of like more of a, my religion than anything, you know, else out there. And yeah. It's funny.
1: Did you follow the Brian Welch story? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Was- um what, what he that? went through had he's one of the guitarists from corn and his his like um his path from going through corn, leaving corn and finding himself um and finding you know relig- his own sense he, he didn't really he doesn't he says didn't really found religion he found Christ. Yeah he you know became a follower of Christ again and he, he doesn't like Like I like I guess take to any particular teaching of Christ. I guess you want to say like any kind of church or anything like that, any denomination or anything like that. Very non denominational sense of that. And like it's kind of funny. Like he actually has a song called he's kind of anti religious, even though he's a follower of Christ type of deal. Um, he doesn't kind of like or like doesn't. Uh, he's not a fan of organized religion. I guess he actually has a song called "Die Religion Die." So, um. But he is very, you know, Christ, you know, whatever you want to say, follower of Christ and whatnot. Yeah. And he's probably got the most, like, he's really level-headed about it at the same time. And that's really cool. You know, he's, he didn't become a devout, uh, judgmental Christian or anything like that. He he loves his fans of all different creeds and all different um, orientations and whatnot. He, he is very... He's like I say, he's very level headed about it. but what yeah, like he yeah. went through from going through going going through um life touring with corn and and everything going through you know all the troubles and tri- trials and tribulations that that band had. and he basically wanted to clean himself up so that you know, he could be there more for his daughter mm-hmm. And then to go through everything he went through. Reform himself and be a a successful enough musician outside of corn, and then to be able to bond again with his 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 what he calls his brothers in in corn. He never had any true ill will towards them. He yeah. he had a book and uh his first book, like there, he wrote a book and put it out there. And the thing is that corn thought that he wrote a book like just trashing the band and all the experiences and the other members of corn and whatnot but it wasn't like that at all like and it's kind of like sucks because corn wrote and recorded two songs bashing him for for doing such a thing but he's like no it's 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 not like that and he, he sent them a copy of the book like you can read through this and see it like it's there's nothing here i put down that i that would be considered bashing you guys whatsoever so but and then to for him to still forgive them for doing that and moving forward and rejoining the band and corn being still as big as they are these days. That's that's you know, that's a great, you know, kind of redemption story. if you want to, if you want to call that, call it that, you know. Yeah. A, a great path through life. It's 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 something quite it's it's not something you hear everybody be able to pull off, you know. But yeah, I mean, what you what do you have out there i mean you have people like you know robert downey jr who went through crap and then was at his lowest point and now he's one of the most recognized and, and respected you know actors now
0: yeah so. yeah my dad bought me a um i forgot that his name was that but my dad bought me like his book that guy's book what was it? what's yeah. his name again robert welch brian, brian head welch brian head welch yeah he bought me the book i didn't i haven't read it but um uh, <laughs> but yeah um but yeah it's crazy how you said that you know a band like corn like saved their life it's funny because i think a lot of parents back then were like oh corn is so bad for the kids or whatever and it's going to teach them to get into drugs or whatever it is but like in reality it, it was probably like saving they were probably like really saving lives like yours because you know a lot of the kids a lot of kids at that age and even at our age now like just don't have much to that's like all they look forward to maybe is like music and bands. It's like the only thing they look up to at the time, you know?
2: I, I think that's one of the great things about music is the, the connection that people can have with it and what it can do for somebody, how it can change their lives and and everything. Yeah. And like, it was, it was kind of funny because, you know, there's so much music out there that's, like, about things like, you know, bad relationships and crap like that, or and it's all about, you know, drugs and, and partying and all that stuff, but New Metal had a lot of more uh, more content, more topical for, like, people's personal struggles, and especially, like, crappy family life or whatnot, uh, and that's part of the big reason why I truly, you know, connected and bonded with that kind of music. Um. And it's, uh, it, it really, yeah, it really, it, it really kept me from, excuse oh, <laughs> me, oh, oh my God, God that's good. Yeah, to have to like, cut that out there. um, But yeah, it really kept me from kind of going off the edge, I guess, in a weird way. And... It's it's, it's 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 very difficult to put in words and kind of like, I don't want to like go on too much about my own personal life growing up or anything like that. It's just, if I didn't have that at the time, it would have been so much more difficult to get through life if I could get through life at that point. And I'm glad that this music was there for people like me. And I hope that there's more music out there for other people like that. And that, you know, if it's a if it's the one thing that keeps somebody from, you know, taking their own life or falling into drugs or something like that, it's mm-hmm. great. I'm glad it's there. You know, and I I am fortunate that my parents didn't really like censor me from these things. And a lot of this music, I actually like got into because of my older brother. He listened to this stuff a lot. You know, before I I could or whatever. I mean, he was older. He had you know job and he could buy go out and buy his own cds and whatnot i was younger i didn't have my own money for that kind of stuff or anything like that so right i would end up borrowing his cds a lot and listening to that music until i got to a point where i could buy my own my own stuff excuse me yeah Yeah. so but yeah to kind of like listen to that first corn song corn cd and there's songs about getting picked on getting harassed and you know, you're sitting there picking on me, but you're the shitty person instead. Type of deal that a lot of that content of that Chris Corn album was about. You know, that's that's something that that helped me kind of cope and face know that there was somebody else that had to yeah. deal with bullshit like that in their life too. You know, I mean, he had a pretty fucked up life. Him, like Jonathan Davis, the Sam Corn, he had a pretty fucked up life and, and upbringing and whatnot. And to the point that, yeah, they were on drugs. I mean, they were known for literally smoking meth for you know during the recording of that first album and then all the stories you've heard about them like and their their drugs and their lifestyles throughout the years to the point now that pretty much everybody's you know just sober and they're they're facing life, you know, after facing and battling those, you know, demons and all that stuff over the years. But it's yeah. so it's kind of kind of funny there, but that they unfortunately still did kind of have to turn to those scenes. But to still express, still get an opportunity to express and and talk about the kind of those kind of topics that not a whole lot of music beforehand really touched upon. Uh, I mean, there were you know topics and whatnot the alt rock era and whatnot, but I don't I don't put this. I, I, It wasn't quite the same topics. It wasn't quite the same things that people were talking about in the early 90s versus what kind of came out of the mid-90s and beyond. It was a lot more topics regarding personal life and home life and, and things like abuse, sexual abuse, and harassment, bullying, all that stuff kind of came out a lot more in the lyrical content of that music, of that era. Right like before the, I think that before was, the mid 90s i would say i i mean growing up i don't remember too many bands that were like that and there was a lot of bands that were probably a little bit more social and political and whatnot i mean like rage against the machine was a big one obviously a huge politically minded band and or, like, ner- or like
0: nirvana i feel like you know kurt cobain kind of talked about probably that kind of stuff like obviously yeah, like being depressed or whatever
2: yeah true, true. and i I don't I'm not saying that it wasn't it wasn't there at all i oh, just yeah, I wasn't, wasn't
0: disagreeing
2: with you, but yeah, yeah, it was it wasn't as prevalent it wasn't as it, it part of the thing was like corn's music was topical and accessible at the same time. it wasn't too extreme, and it was something that. A lot of people could relate to that. That's a big thing, actually. That's probably the, the best way I should have put it. Probably the way I should have put it earlier is just it was very relevant music for a lot of people to their personal lives. Yeah, you know, it wasn't just somebody, yeah. you know, talking about you know their their you know fucked up extreme life. You know, that was like on more extreme type thing. This was a lot more relevant to a lot more people's life that they were, you know, that p- other people were going through it and it wasn't something that i don't say was i don't think was as much of how do i put this much as of a blood topic in music content wise before that i mean i i I was young i could be wrong i understand there probably are good examples of such a thing but i just think that corn kind of brought it a lot more to the forefront than what was really being uh explored or discussed beforehand
0: yeah in terms of that in terms of like the depression or angst or whatever thing do you know much insight into the chester bennington thing like why he committed suicide like um i mean i I kind of think i know
2: but well there's there's many different discussions regarding that he if I do remember he did have to deal with abuse growing up himself he did have you know drug issues and all that stuff when he was younger Uh, I I could be wrong but that's what I remember reading up on but he was a pretty straight uh uh, pretty straight and narrow person when when uh Lincoln Park started getting bigger and everything like that he once he, he felt like had a more stable thing but he was a huge Chris Cornell fan and um, Chris Cornell's suicide was he was heavily impacted him, and Chester Bennington committed suicide on Chris Cornell's birthday.
0: Oh wow! I didn't and, know
2: that. Yeah, I it's you know believe it's believed that maybe something about knowing that somebody that he looked up to and got to become friends with, thanks to being in Lincoln Park, that it's something that possibly triggered him to kind of go over the edge, knowing that somebody he became good friends with that he looked up to was no, was not no longer on earth, you know, and you know, just something that reminded him about that. And yeah, possibly, you know, pushed him over the edge there. It's, it's at least one of the more prevalent uh, beliefs on why Chester Pennington took his life that day. Um it's it's difficult to say i i don't know knowing what i've kind of dealt with in my own levels of uh depression and anxiety you just never know day to day what you're going to feel how you're going to feel how you're going to see life you know what kind of thoughts you're going to have how 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 hard those thoughts are going to hit you uh you could be good for a day like that's that's the thing that sucks about why people don't understand about the uh, when somebody has like depression anxiety and stuff like that that yeah you could seem like you're perfectly normal and happy and go lucky one day but the next day your thoughts just come to you and it, it takes over it, it becomes too overwhelming it, it that's the anxiety part of it and it could have just pushed them over the edge somehow just being reminded of Chris Cornell on his birthday it was it, it had a huge impact on him I know that and to be it's it was well within a year basically from Chris Cornell's death as well so yeah it just must have it, it probably pushed him over the edge that that's all I can kind of guess just knowing what somebody who has to fight depression anxiety has to go through mentally and it could just been the what, the thing that you know, made him follow through with
0: it. Yeah, I know there's like some conspiracy theories that, like, that obviously I don't, I don't believe in. But like that, both him and um,
2: I mean Chris Cornell. Yeah, I, exactly. I understand. Yes. I know what you're talking about. That him so, and Chris oh, Cornell let's...
0: knew knew about some sort of uh, like child molestation ring going on, and mm-hmm. they pretty much were like offed or something. I mean, obviously, I don't buy it. Yeah, buy into they, it, but.
2: There's a, there's theories that um, Chris Cornell was suicided, you know, was killed off because of his knowledge of such a, of such um, activities or whatever going on, basically within, you know, other prominent members of the music industry. I, I don't know how much I, I, how much I buy into that stuff. I don't know what, was, what what was going on with Chris Carnell at the time, um, honestly. One way or another. I don't know how much I would buy into it, though. It's it's definitely one of those things where obviously it's, it's got just enough... The, the, the belief in it is grounded just enough that it could be possible, that there's some conspiracy involving it. I don't know. Like I said, I just don't know how much I buy into it. Just because... Especially knowing what I don't know that if how do I put this? It could be you know if Chris Cornell was was taken out like that, and I don't I don't know you know I don't know that Chester Bennington would have been a a victim of that, or if he is just was that, or if that was one of the factors that was one of the things going through his mind, knowing that that's why. Chris Cornell could have died or whatever. And that's why he often himself. you know, he committed suicide himself, you know? Um, God, I don't know. I, I, I don't think too much of it. I don't buy into it too much. Like I said, my, my thing is kind of probably more of just that people don't understand how, so there's a lot of people that don't understand how the mind works when you have depression and anxiety and you have these overwhelming thoughts. And I really think it's just one of those times where all of a sudden it just overtook him. I mean, look at the recent suicide of uh, Jason David Frank. You know, he, the Green Power Ranger and all that stuff, he, he committed suicide a few weeks ago. Oh, and I, yeah. man, I,
0: I don't even yeah. know if yeah. I knew about that.
2: No, yeah. Um, so the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the guy, he played Tommy Oliver on uh, the original... Like my uh, Power Rangers, he was originally the Green Ranger, then the White Ranger, and then he had like three other roles after that.
1: Yep, but, yep I remember. And
2: his, the thing is that he he didn't have as many warning signs with his um, depression he was going through. He was going through a lot of crap, you know, personally. He was, his, his estranged wife was, you know, um, filing for divorce and was going to take him for almost everything and everything like that. And it, but allegedly, she says that they were trying to reconcile their, their relationship and all that stuff. Uh, he, but Jason David Frank, he, he did try to reach out, you know, to some people. He was texting some people. He's like, I, I, just, I guess he was just basically telling them he didn't know if he could do it anymore. And nobody got to him in time, unfortunately. And, you know, he, he I don't know exactly how he committed suicide. I don't know if there are details that have, have come out regarding that, but yeah, he, he committed suicide after everything that he was going through. And you, you, you wouldn't know that because he, he was, he was big on putting on a, a, a strong face for everybody else. Cause he was a very motivational person too. He was big on, on everybody else, you know, trying to find the best in themselves and everything like that. I mean, he was a martial artist. That's a that's a huge mentality you have when you're a martial artist. But yeah, it's just, you just don't know what it is that that puts somebody over the edge to commit suicide there. They could be perfectly fine one day, then the next, it's, it's, I don't know. It, it, they, just, they just can't handle it anymore.
0: Yeah. It's a very sad thing. But yeah, um, like I said before, I like you know I wasn't re- I haven't really been super into new metal, but um, mm-hmm. I recently and th- I mean I I knew this before, but I recently s- well, this was probably I guess like a year or two ago now where Limp Bizkit came back and played um, some festival last year like Lollapalooza I think it was, and I was like man they like they are they really are pretty good live like I'm not a huge Limp Bizkit fan, but. I do like some of their songs, but like, especially the guitarist, you know how he gets all dressed up. Oh and yeah. Wasn't even gone. Fred Durst, like I kind of liked his stage presence too. So, I mean, a lot of those bands, Korn too, like really do have good um, good live shows. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: I like the remake or I like their mix that they did with. It's so hard to find. I, ha- I used to have on MP3 somewhere uh this file and it was crystal clear you know at the time now it's like they have like recordings of it on youtube or whatever but it's jonathan david uh jonathan davis it's uh lincoln park and then i think also night uh 50 or um jay-z it's like a mash it's a mashup but it was like recorded on it was like a bonus track on the album of whatever that 99 cent in Lincoln Park, you know, they did that, those songs. Um, but I, I forget it's I'm about to break. And like he 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 does like the bridge. And it's like when you I, I, you probably haven't even heard maybe you have heard it if you you know you're a pretty big fan of corn, but it's so cool. He uh he does this uh the bridge of the song, and then he's like it's fucking boring, and like he's like yelling that like in the song. And he just screams like I'm not bad, not bad. and then Chester comes back <laughs> in, dude. No, I'm sorry. It was like that song.
0: No, no, I like
1: perfectly. I was like, the three of them, of those groups could not have done anything better, like any better. Maybe it was just Lincoln Park and uh, and Jonathan Davis, but it was it was pretty it bad. was
0: it was Lincoln Park Corn, I'm about to break, I think Lincoln Park Corn and um and Jay-Z. I think Jay Z was in it too.
2: Well, I know so, Jay Z
0: did a whole album with Linkin Park, right? Yeah, Jay
2: Z and Linkin Park did a, a mashup uh, album together. That was a big deal. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Davis. I don't know if Jonathan, I don't remember Jonathan Davis being a part of that at all, but I could be wrong. He did. It. He That's
1: just kind of, did. He. It's one step closer, I think, hmm. featuring Jonathan Davis. Yeah. Do you have it? I'm, I'm looking
0: for uh, it. If you can find it, you know maybe we can bring it up. But um, it's
1: alive. The one that you can see here is live. But let me find. You guys talk for a second on this. Yeah.
0: In terms of in terms of um, the current state of like new metal, would you say that it's still like
2: alive and well, or is it kind of like?
0: Are you still mostly in the band
2: from a while ago? I think for the last five years or so, it's been in a growing resurgence. There's been a lot of bands that have started to resurrect that sound and definitely taking a lot of those notes from the first round of new metal and burning up and starting their own thing. There's bands that are kind of like metal core and new metal together. Uh, that's kind of the, one of the more, I guess I would say prevalent sounds, but there's definitely bands that are more new metal traditionally, I guess. Like there's, Bands that we featured on the podcast, the very first one I found was a band called uh Revoid, which is um was a band from Russia, but they've uh broken up. I have actually contacted the the drummer of the band who's like one of the main songwriters of that band, and he was talking to me about that. And uh, he was trying to get a new project going and everything like that, because a lot of the old members of that band uh, had to go their separate ways due to just life and everything like that. And a lot of the that crap that's going on in Russia too has made things more difficult. Um, I was gonna say uh, one of the bands that we've talked about that's actually kind of gotten quite a big a bit of a uh, of a buzz in the new metal scene, the new the current new metal scene is a band called Dot uh, BHP. They're a band out of Poland, and they've got that kind of new metal with the turntable thing. Hey, thought stop, stop that. Uh, they've got new metal with they've got turntables, and they've got a, a female singer who does a whole different range of things. Sorry about that, my dog uh, found a soda bottle to chew up. Um, and they've got they've got a a female singer with you know decent range names like that. She does all different styles. She's done some rap type styles. She's got like this kind of voice that's a lot more like kind of a, a post-grunge, alt-rock style voice. And she actually has extended her range to do more scream type vocals in their songs as well. They're a big one. Um, trying to think of some of the other more current ones. A lot of people talk about bands like Tala and Tetrarch. Those aren't bands I'm not as big into, personally. I've never really connected with the with those bands but if you listen to anybody talking about new metal in the current state those are gonna be two bands that people are gonna gonna bring up uh what about like poly, one of the bands polyphia?
0: bands have you heard of or Polyphia? Yeah,
2: polyphia aren't they more of a like a kind of a they used to be more gent style i think and they aren't they more kind of like a progressive like yeah of more of a progressive metal style
0: yeah are you into stuff like that too or is it mainly just well you you mentioned metallica right so you are into like just straight (laughs) metal too right
2: well i mean i i grew up listening to all different kinds of stuff so my background musically as a fan is is all over the place you know i grew up listening to i don't know michael jackson and poison and I i grew up listening to so much crap that was popular on mtv you know um the, 90, the early 90s were, you know, obviously a big deal. Bands like Bush and God, who else can I even think of off the top of my head there when it comes to that? I was like, it's kind of weird because it's kind of top of my, my my memory from, those, from the era of my life is kind of fuzzy to to think of anything that's like uh, outside of any popular bands. And I mean, I guess I could say Pearl Jam. Obviously, like Nirvana, like I think Nirvana's um, Nevermind and their Unplugged CD were like my first two CDs I ever owned in my life. Um. So, like, I grew up like through all those different kinds of eras of of like hair metal, grunge, into the new metal, the metalcore, and and melodic death metal, new wave of American heavy metal type stuff. Uh, and you know, through the you know emo and and post hardcore type stuff. Um, but I like I said, I kind of just gravitated back to new metal, because it was a style of music that just, I, I really you know, enjoyed, I guess. There's not, not, no other simpler way for me to put it. There's so many different bands that i um, of that new metal era that I just loved and the bands that I missed out on, but like this band, Reveille, which I realize now it's kind of funny. You, you mentioned the band, Bleed the Sky, and Reveille, they had an album called Bleed the Sky.
0: Yeah, did. So, oh, so, did you know yeah. that Jordan? yeah i knew that okay okay so, so, I, I think, when i first saw the shirt i thought it was i thought i was thinking chevelle do you remember oh. ben chevelle <laughs> oh yeah
2: yeah Chevelle's are, you badly into,
0: out. are you into that that band at all those types? i listen
2: to them but not particularly like i don't have any of their albums but like i mean they're on the radio whatever yeah i'll listen to them um, yeah i seen them live at uh in milwaukee we have a thing called Summerfest, and it was just like a huge outdoor live festival that like goes on like for like 10 days it used to go on for like 10 days now because of COVID they've like reduced it down to like two weekends worth of music and that's it. it used to go for like 11 days straight but they've yeah they've had to tone that down a bit but I've seen Chevelle at Summer Fast before um yeah just
0: what about Insane Clown Posse is that would you say that that's part of the same group that you yeah. that you listen to or the new metal group
2: yeah that's I would say no, but no, yeah. I can definitely see the, you know, Insane Clown Posse was like right around the same time as new metal coming up, and I did listen to to Insane Clown Posse. I, I like their their great Malenko album. Their um, they had a uh, a you know associated group called Twisted, and I like listening to them too, and they had some kind of new metal style songs. It is kind of funny because since then Clown Posse does do things that they have certain sounds in some of their songs that is kind of new metal. They do incorporate, you know, guitars and, and drums, more of a traditional type of rock band type sound in some of their songs. But they're kind of more of just that horror, core horror, horror rap kind of stuff. Not really um, too much of what I consider part of new metal for any reason. I just, but I think there is some overlap though. Definitely. Some yeah, like overlap. don't there they people... don't
0: they play some of the same shows? Like, like won't they be on the same bill with like Corn and Biscuit and stuff sometimes?
2: Uh, funny thing is, well, they there are people who are fans of 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 Instant Clown Posse that are fans of new metal bands like Head PE. Head PE's got a huge overlap of fans between those two crowds, Um and if you're a fan of like a rapper like Tech Nine. Who's also known for being somebody a rapper who is not afraid to cross over into rock territory. He's had Corey Taylor on a song with him before. He's done a song, I believe, with Five Finger Death Punch before. I can't remember. I think he did a song with Five Finger Death Punch. Um, but there's like that kind of crossover with the Tech Nine fan base, Insane Clown fan base. Uh, though some of those people that listen to Insane Clown Posse also listen to Head PE and some other. Um, new metal bands like that but i can't think of anybody too much on like it's not something i'm too familiar with i'm not too into that crowd so i don't really know too much about that scene or anything like that
0: yeah and then you mentioned um your co-host did, did you say he was also in a band what band Yeah, was he was he in? in a
2: few bands um i don't remember him telling me exactly when but he was in a band called um unsaid he was a vocalist there so jeremy's a vocalist and jeremy didn't do too much when he was younger he said i think he told me when he was uh he didn't do much until he was like old enough to drink and he was at a bar doing karaoke and somebody just saw him like hey you got a great voice you know you want to sing for a band he's like yes i would love to do that basically is how he explained it to me and he was in a band called uh unsaid and then um he ended up moving out. He was from Colorado. He ended up moving out to Florida. And he's, he ended up uh, joining or starting a band. That, that was the band called New Era. And that was the band that I, you know, was a real big fan of. Finding, out, finding that band and then finding out about him being in that band years later. And, but New Era had broken up, I don't know, somewhere around 2012 or something like that. They started off probably in like 2009 or so. Broke up in 2012. And um, so he was on a, a bit of a hiatus musically. And then he ended up starting or becoming a part of a, a band that was forming. The band was called Stark. And Stark had some really good music, but he couldn't commit to it anymore or something like that. I mean, Jeremy's a family man. He's got two kids. He's, he's got a career and whatnot. He doesn't seem to really... Need to do those things, but it is kind of it's kind of depressing that he doesn't, you know, still sing because he's got a great voice.